You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. How much time till we're on? Get you on, Ron. What? We're on the air right now. Oh. <clears throat> I'm ready. Good evening, I'm Ron Burgundy. Here's what's going on in your world tonight. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Yeah, hello, welcome to the show. This is the final Sports Day of 2022. Jace in the Sports Day studio being joined by Sats tonight. Mate, put your hand up. I know you've been away because... Put your hand up, mate, when you're going to push the button. And, of course, Badge is here as well. G'day, Badge. Because he's a tiger. I just, oh, I could do this all night. Uh, No Badge, no Sats. It's just myself and Jack, the producer in the studio tonight, uh, because we are playing some of the best bits of 2022. And have we got a rip snorter of a show lined up tonight. Hello, Jack. Correct me if I'm right. Oh, yeah, that's a classic one, isn't it? Correct me if I'm right. He just, he just takes everything seriously. I have some good news tonight. There is no of this. It's Fun Fact Thursday. Fun Fact Thursday. It's Fun Fact Thursday. How much fun can you have on a Thursday? Seriously. Fun Fact Thursday. It is the worst thing I've ever heard. I go away to Bali for three weeks, come back, Mm. and that rubbish is taking over the radio. And you, as producer... Yeah. Uh, of this show, we're left in charge, and you allowed that. Yeah, absolutely. When Badge ran in so excited with this new idea, I said, you know what? Good producing is just letting your talent, when they're very excited about something, nurture it and deliver it on air. But maybe it ends in 2022. I don't give them a say. <laughs> That's how I, I feel. Yeah, I know. Ruling by a dictatorship seems to work around here because <laughs> if you give – the patients, the keys to the asylum. That's what happens. Oh, yeah, yeah. So have you learnt your lesson on that? No, I, I no. love it. Let it go. Let it run. Let the monkeys loose. We do. Look, we do celebrate crap uh, on Sports Day, and we did that throughout the year. Hey, great to have you on board. Hello to our listeners through the Super Radio Network, SEN Track Stations, uh, via the SEN app. You can grab a podcast of this show, if you like, uh, via the podcast channels, either uh, Apple or Spotify. And don't forget, follow Badge Sats SEN on TikTok. There's some good stuff there from last night, actually. Uh, Matty Rogers with his view on a few things. Get involved anytime. 0457 736 736. What did you make of South Africa's performance in the second test at the MCG? They're batting. I'm telling you, where I used to play Queen's fourth grade, could bat better than... than that South African lineup against Australia, it, it was terrible. Great. I mean, great bowling and credit to the Australians. Um, I think I heard Justin Langer say it in commentary today uh, that Australia played well when they hunted in packs, when they bowled as a team, when they batted as, as a group, when they fielded as a group. They just put so much pressure on the opposition. They fold. And 
they did it with their batting, Australia. That that's a very good bowling attack that South Africa have, but they just couldn't. They they just could not break through that strong Australian batting lineup. And again, I know we joked about it last night, but when Davey Warner is sitting in a chair on 180 drinking pickle juice, he struggled past 100. Everyone saw that. Mm. They still couldn't get him out. No. They could not get him out. You know, they had no answer for Head. They had no answer for Carey. Uh, even even my old mate, Cam Green. Hey, Justin. Yeah, thanks for having me. He, he made a 50 with a broken finger. Yeah. Like, and he would have kept going. Uh, and absolutely. that was, I think, the difference. When we were, uh, when we were batting, it just seemed like there was no chance for them to get involved. Even then today when they had a bit of a spell where they looked like they were, you know, digging in for a bit, you still always felt around the corner it's just going to fall apart. Next delivery. Yeah. The fielding from Australia, they took that to another level. The runouts. Yep. Um, I think you said to me off air, just Australia just, I mean, South Africa, they just didn't feel safe anyway. They, they couldn't even take off for a run without no. the fear of being run out. We had three runouts today. Marnus Lavashin the other day, like everything that he does in the field in those quick hook turns, spinning it back. Mitch Stark threw one onto the stumps today. This felt like they were second guessing themselves the mm. whole time. Yeah. Well done to the Aussies. They've wrapped up uh, the series. Of course, the third and final test, Jan 4 at uh, the SCG. Um, I mean, the big question uh, is uh, we'll get to it in a moment, actually, because I should talk about what's coming up in the show. Uh, we're going to re- revisit a great chat, two-part conversation between Badge and Gary Bill, uh, Gary uh, Jack, uh, what they got up to on a kangaroo tour. It's one of my favourite highlights of 2022 and the most requested highlight of 2022. Uh, David Campisi on the state of rugby in Australia didn't hold back. Uh-huh. We'll hear from Campo. Um and I say this in inverted commas, the best bits of Joel and Fletch. How did we manage to find 15 minutes worth? It, I think it was the challenge of keeping it down to 15 minutes. Because no, Fletch not. says uh, when he was saying it, he said, this is the highlight of my week. This is his favorite bit of the entire week. What our chat we have chat on the, the Monday night. Yeah, with Badge and Sats. And yourself. Yeah. Anyway, that's coming up uh, real soon. And as a treat for the kids... Uh, keep them awake and right to the end of the show night, kiddies, gather around the wireless because Uncle Sats is going to deliver some comedy gold. To- mm. No, actually he's not. Uh, the last laugh. at the end- If you've never heard the end of the show, you're sensible because at the end of the show, Sats does a joke. And I think uh, Badge even features in our little montage that Jack has put together quite nicely of... Is it the best of the worst bits of Last Laugh? It really encapsulates the highs and lows of the Last Laugh. Some of them you absolutely are laughing and you're holding your sides, and some of them you wonder why we let him do this every day. I must tell you, Jack, because you're in here and I don't think you can see it, uh, Glenn's ringing. So we'll just let him ring out, should we? Or Okay, I'll run in. Okay. Uh, actually, sent a text to, G'day, Jack, are you back? Or is this a repeat? Fun fact Thursday, which it, which is it. Which is it? What? Yeah, well, it's not a repeat. It's no, back. We're here. No, what do you mean? It's back. What's back? The show. I think he's talking about Fun Fact Thursday. No, it's not on tonight. We shan't be doing that tonight. Um, I want to talk about, the obviously, the results. Australia, of course, win by an innings and 182 runs to secure the Test Series against South Africa. Smith to Ngidi. Four ball. Got it. Bowled him. The deed finished by Steve Smith. 
Australia inflict an MCG thrashing on South Africa. And for the first time in 17 years on these shores, they win a series against the South Africans. Yeah, how about that? Uh, forgot about that. South Africa being dominant in test series on Australian soil, but not this time. That's an absolute flogging today. Great call from uh, Jared Waitley on SEN. Dave Warner wins the Johnny Muller medal. Congratulations. 200 runs. I think he deserves it. There's a lot of Aussies who perform well. But Dave Warner, well done. Um, a bit of bit of comedy, a bit of anger. I, I don't know what to make of this, but to Mancad or not to Mancad, Mitch Stark uh, was captured saying this on the Stumps mic today. Have a listen to this. You want is it an awkward one on the gloves Bruce. for him? It's not that hard. Oh, here we go. What's there for a reason, mate? <laughs> there he goes, having a crack. Uh, because the South African batsman kept leaving the crease before he bowled uh, his delivery. Now, on Fox Sports at lunchtime, just as they were walking off for lunch, uh, he was asked a couple of questions and he couldn't help himself. Listen to the end of this and hear what he has to say about the mancad. Uh, unsure whether it was... It sounded a bit strange. It was obviously very close. I was happy with the line, so was Keza. Um, big, big Nathan line and man at point. Thought it might have been... Boot or pad first, so we had a crack. And, um, okay, so he says he knows it was pad first. Um, but no, good review, good process, good review. Mate, how's the finger? It's the most discussed digit in, in Australia. Uh, obviously, after the test, you've got to rest it, but what's it like to bowl with it uh, with no painkillers? Oh, I've got painkillers. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't want to jab it because I need to feel the ball, but um, no, I've certainly got some painkillers on board, so no, it's fine. It'll do for, for, uh, for the rest of another seven wickets. So and just letting De Brain know that he needed to be in his crease there, Mitch? I think he's halfway down Punt Road, wasn't he? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's bad enough in Whitewell cricket. I don't know what the need is in Ripple cricket, so just let him know if I have to keep my football on the line, he can at least keep his back on the line. Is Mancat, there's uh, Starkey on, on Fox, and Jack and I were disputing this in the office earlier today. It is a part of the laws of the game. You don't even have to give a warning, um, I don't believe. So you can Mancat a player if they step outside the crease. But is it in the spirit of cricket? I don't think it is. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. I, it leaves a bad taste on my mouth. I don't like it. But then there's the concept of if this was, let's say an Ashes series that is going down to the death, that we're desperate for a win. And they've warned him a couple of times and Stark has said it to him like that. Be like, mate, I've given you two warnings. What are you doing? Stop trying to get an advantage. And then you do it and you win the series. Like what's, what's the, what's the difference? Again, I go back to the spirit. Yeah, no, you're right. I go back to the spirit of the game. It's not a massive advantage. It's not as if he's halfway down the crease. He was, he was fair way down. Like he was, he what like Stark has stopped and taken a few more steps, and he's still ahead of him, because the batsman realised he was like, "Oh, I've drifted here." Yeah, I'm, I'm... we're trying to rebuild our image in in cricket, mm. world cricket, Jack, and you're trying to take us back to sandpaper no, game. I'm a hundred. That's what you're trying to I'm do. I'm against mancanning, but if that happens to us, I think everyone would be like, "Well, look, it's in the rules. What can you do?" No, it's and not it, in the does, spirit. If it's it keeps not. happening, though, does it become a, a part of the game? No. Okay. It should never become part of the game. Yes, there is some response, a lot of responsibility on the batsmen to make sure they stay behind the crease or, or thereabouts. Mm. But no, come on. Well, did you see the video that went around about that um that community game? Yeah, that, yeah like that's well, that's not in the spirit of the game. Mm. It's only I, I cricket. Agree. It's I only agree. cricket. I At the end of the agree. day, 
hey, we're the number one ranked team in the world. Do we need to do that? No, and especially in a game like this. But that's why I said in a different circumstance, what do you reckon? What, yeah, 0457 736 736. It is a good question. Uh, was was Starkey in his right mind to Mancat? I mean, he he gave a couple of warnings mm. and said, if you do it again, and would you, if he did that, would you go, okay, no, fair enough? Oh, I personally, I don't like it. I think he did the right thing by giving him a couple of warnings yep. and, and, and that's fine. I don't care if it takes a half a dozen warnings or it's an ongoing joke throughout the whole match. I don't care. But seriously, I don't know. What do you think? Is Mancad, should it be a part of the game? 0457 736 736 and South Africa. Jeez, what do you do? I guess the other problem too for Australia, by the way, going into the third test, the SCG, what there's no, there's no Stark. No. There's no Green. Mm-hmm. So I, I would like to see Nisa come in for Green because he can bat. Um, you want to see Lance come Lance in. Morris and Glenn just had a chat to him on the line. Also thinks you should throw Lance Morris in. Obviously he's very quick. He's young. There's no reason not to. I mean, they've already won the series. Yeah. But, you know, do you respect Nisa being a part of the of the team for so long or do you give someone else Well, I think I think Nisa can come in for Green. Yeah, no, that's true. So that's the all rounder spot. I, I don't, I don't have an issue with that. I reckon, I, I, I think it's you either throw Lance in or you give Swepson a go, yep. be, being the SCG. I don't know what the pitch is going to be like. They haven't, they're not the Turners of yesteryear, the SCG no. pitches. So, a great opportunity for either of them. It should be Swepson or Lance. So they should be given a, a, a bit of a crack. In this uh, third, well, not even a deciding test. I was going to say that the SCD, uh, SCG, January four. By the way, uh, in the Big Bash, there's two games on tonight. How good's that? Yeah, we've had Test cricket double all headers. day. Then we got a double header in the Big Bash. The Thunder, none for twenty or three point one overs. Uh, the Heats did win the bat flip and elected the bowl. This game, obviously, being played at Metricon Oval tonight too, on the Gold Coast. Hey, we better go to a break. When we come back, part one of Gary Belcher. And Gary Jack, it's a must-listen moment on Sports Day. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. We'll be back soon. Done. Strong game. Back inside to Dowling. Good run. Looks for support. Gets it to Sterling. Sterling swivels and gets it to Jack. Jack will go in for a try. It's a rocker. It's a beauty. It's a gasser. <laughs> it's a gasser. It's a gasser. I don't know how the hell he scored that. It should have been to someone else playing fullback. All right, there. Hold, no. don't start. I've Outstanding. Been, I, I've been listening to you two have a discussion off the air whilst waiting to do this interview. You're already into each other. In fact... You're both fighting over who's tighter, you know. Like, <laughs> and I, I, I don't know Gary Jack for uh, at all, but Badge, I know sometimes you can be a bit tight. He is an amazing rugby league player, this bloke. And I said to you in Sats a couple of weeks ago, Badge, if you could interview anyone before the end of the year, you throw up this bloke's name straight, straight away. Straight up, yep. Haven't never done a, a, a proper one-on-one with Jimmy Jack, and uh, he's my uh, my second favourite kangaroo to- to- roommate ever. And he's on the line now. How are you, big fella? Uh, g'day, Badge. How are you? And what, what's your offsider's name, Gaz? I forgot his name again. Boogie. <laughs> Boogie. G'day, g'day, Boogie. It's, it's, Boogie. It's, great <laughs> to, uh, talk, talk. Uh, it's good to talk to you, mate. And 
I know we've never done a one-on-one interview, so who knows where this conversation will go, Gary? Who yeah. knows? Um, I've got what my I, finger on the button, what boys. What I do know, when, know I, when I go to sportsman's lunches or just out and about with mates, and your name comes up. They always go, tell us about Jimmy Jack, that great rivalry you had with him. And uh, and and right in the middle of it, we got to uh, to actually tour together and back in the day in 86 when uh, fullbacks roomed with fullbacks. It was, uh, it was a good tour, wasn't it, back then? Mm. Mm, yeah, it was it was a great tour. Um, Eighty six, there Donny Ferner and was the the coach, and Wally was the captain. Yes, they put us two together for ten weeks. <laughs> now you were a young up and comer. I think they said just we'll put you with Jimmy just to so you can learn as much as you oh, can learn to improve no. your own play. I think I'm sure that's what Donny Ferner was thinking. So anyway, we, we put together we were together for a long time. We probably didn't speak too much the first two or three weeks. Well, you were always going to bed at seven o'clock. It was just ridiculous, <laughs> you know. You, just, you, <laughs> you were obviously the newest guy in the team, and. Um, uh, slowly, we become very good mates, and at the, by the end of the tour, Gaz, I think we were we were really good mates. Um, obviously, you went back to, to Canberra, and I went to Balmain. We never sort of got hold of each other much after that. But by the end of the, t- the time, we really enjoyed each other's company. Yeah, yeah, and, and you just got to make you got to make do, haven't you? It was uh, it's a it is tough when you got a room with someone for a long time. But I just want to go before that. Um, uh, lots of stuff happened in your career before that. I, I sort of just came on the scene with Queensland that year and out out of Brisbane, but. Before that, you came into the Blues. You know, you, you were playing for your first season with the Magpies. Then you went to Balmain and had that magnificent uh, and and uh, storied career with the Balmain Tigers. But you made the Blues in 84. Did you feel like you sort of came out of nowhere? And, and of course, you played for Australia that year as well. Yeah, uh, actually, I, I trained really hard 83, 84, because I think Greg Brentnell had retired. He was the Australian fullback end of 83. So there was a position there. I think Colin Scott may have done one test, uh, 83, which they had lost. So I really wanted to push hard and see if I could get into that side uh, in, in 84. At, at the start of the season, we played a trial. We played against uh, North Sydney, and I broke my ribs. Donnie McKinnon and Steve Mayo fell on top of me. About 38 stones fell on top of me, and they, and they cracked my ribs. So I missed right. the first six weeks of the season. So I started off in reserve grade that year um, for the first two games. Uh, and then once I got into first grade, I was lucky that, that I, I got I play, I'd played well. Uh, Phil Sigsworth was trying to get in the spot as well. And so too, I think Jimmy Swift was another one, another guy there. Marty Gurr was there as well. And um, I was fortunate that, that I got the opportunity to play City. And then from City, I got picked to play for, for New South Wales. And... Um, Yes, so started from there. So that was that was the start of my rep career. Yeah, no doubt at all. And um, it, it, what what a Balmain team to break into. I, from memory, you came in just about the same time as Gary Bridge, the two young blondies. He was your halfback, same. and uh, he was a, he was a good same player. Time. Yeah, same time. There you go. And and then those, yeah, that yeah, crew yeah. of players coming in around the same time, just around you, maybe a bit before, a bit after Benny Elias and Blocker and and Ciro and and Junior and gee, what a what a team you had. Yeah, well, just on that, Gaz, in 80, 82, when I went to, went to Balmain from West, Gary Bridges' first year, Steve, Benny Elias' first year, Steve Roach's first year. So we all started together there in, in 82. I think 81, the Tigers had come last in the competition, the yeah. Wooden Spurners. Um, so so for that, uh, we all joined there in, in 82 and, and kicked on. I remember we, we played a Panasonic Cup game. It might have been KB Cup there against the, the, the Brisbane, the Brisbane side midweek. We played against the King, 
And uh, Gary Bridge, I think he scored three tries against the King that night. And everyone's going, who's this, who's this Gary Bridge? Who's this Gary Bridge? He's a fantastic player. Um, and uh, that was the sort of start of our career. And he, he was a great player, Gary Bridge. In fact, I'm mm. sure that um, I sort of went on the back because they got us confused and everything. He did well. They'd be calling Gary Jack when it should have been Gary Bridge. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, I sort of got through on the back of him. And so I can't thank Gaz enough. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. All right. And then, and of course, Balmain. Um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about those grand yeah. finals a bit later on. But a couple of years later, you fought on this back of some amazing success with New South Wales. You won that '85 series. Uh, you won '80 in '86. Yeah. You won three nil. Um, and on yeah. and then you Is went away. When and, you played back? Did you play then? Well, I came in in '86. Yeah, so only in game yeah. two. So well, I'm not taking any responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> you did. Yeah, we got you later on. Yeah. What was the score in '88 and '89? That'd be six nil. Can't remember. No, I, can't I think you let Jonathan remember. Docking have a game at one point, didn't you, mate? But um, no, no, well, I got suspended. So there oh, you, go, you got mate. suspended. There you go. Let's talk about the Kangaroo Tour because uh, what a hell of a team that was. Was it on the back of '82 where they they were invincible? They were called the Invincibles. There was a bit of pressure on the side. Mm. I didn't feel any, and I was actually in the midweek side, and I was, as I tell everyone, I had a, I had a really social tour. Whereas, did you guys feel? a bit of pressure on to, to make sure you won every game and won every test? Um, not really. We, we knew that what happened in obviously 82, and we obviously, was, you know, there was Mal there, Wally was there, Bert was there, Sterlow. So those guys had come through. Gene was there from, from 82. So we just took it you know, and seriously took it week by week. I suppose really, the only time I really felt the pressure was the third test when we played at Central Park and we played the Poms there. And that was a really tight match, you know, they, it, we just there was a penalty try there that we got, which um, Dale Shearer was awarded a try. Um, it was a, that one, I think we it was come back to sixteen or fifteen, fourteen or something, or fifteen, twelve. It was a really close game, and then for that final twenty minutes, I knew the pressure was on because this could it could have gone either way. It really could have gone either way. Yeah. We we're very fortunate. Um, Royce Simmons tucked up the blind and set up for, for Wally, and then uh, then I think Wally scored the try, which put us ahead. Um, and even to the death, you know, I think, uh, what's his name, the, the winger there for uh, for Great Britain, um, Drummond, I think his name was, yeah. uh, he, he nearly scored at the death. So it, it really could have gone either way. But, but look, we did we did fight hard. Um, a great side, you know, so many, Brett Kennedy, Peter Sterling, you know, Wally Lewis, Mal Meninga, uh, yeah, Steve Roach, uh, Roycey, Roycey, just a great, great team. I think we all sort of gelled together. Um, as mates, and that's a good thing about tours. You, you do gel with guys, and I think we did put that that New South Wales Queensland rivalry. It was there certainly in '85 when we when we toured New Zealand. It was certainly there in '85 when four Queenslanders got dropped. Yeah, and a whole hell was to play for poor old Terry Fernley after that. Queenslanders never got over that, but I think he made the right decision. No, we're still that, you know, dirty. We're not going to go there. Oh, <laughs> right decision. You lost the next <laughs> test, you knuckleheads. Without the Queenslanders. Hey, on that eighty-six, that, on the relief yeah. of that winning that last game on tour and the test and wrapping up the series undefeated, is that is that why you let your hair down and went on a bit of a bender that night? Never asked you this. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that, that's what happened. Yeah, I think, I think we all did, didn't we? No, no. Um, you in particular it was, did. It was, just a, it was a, just some relief We'd, that we that we got through. What happened? Um, there was well, yeah, there was that, there was this story that went around from '82 when Mal was a young bloke, and he at the at the end of the last test, um, and I'd only just we'd only just sort of heard about it at that time that 
Mal went on a, a bit of a bender and he and he broke a few things that he shouldn't have and he was just went he just he had a few too many and he went a bit bit uh apo. Mm. Well Jimmy Jack decided to be Mal Meninga at the end oh. of the eighty six test and he just yeah, he was he got drunker than I've ever seen him. What'd you Probably do? The, What'd he do? What'd you well, do? Well stuff I'm not gonna tell you. Oh right. Um there was no actual there was nothing damaged uh, but um yeah, he just uh, <laughs> he went a bit crazy. <laughs> I just I, I just crumpled into a, into a heap in my room. Oh, and you were cooked the next comatose day. for about six for six hours. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, now conf- yeah. confirm or deny? I do tell a few stories um, at, where, that you feature in them, Jimmy, and I know your Belmain teammates do as well. And it's a bit it's a bit to do with you being pretty um, pretty pretty tight with your money. Thanks. <laughs> so do you admit, do you admit uh, that? I can't believe that. I can't believe you're throwing stones well, that seriously. Well, I mean, well, just, I remember, well, you can just, I mean, I, 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 I'll, I'll let you go first. You can confirm or deny these then. We were having mystery shouts at the bar. <laughs> with Sterlo, Sterlo called them at the Dragonara one afternoon, one night, and it got to your shout yeah. and you disappeared. And then the lifts opened yeah. up and you appeared with the Forex cans that were in our fridge that we, they'd given us at the deny. start of the tour. Deny. Oh, deny. you don't. <laughs> Okay, it wasn't. It wasn't the dragon art. It was over in France. <laughs> <laughs> what, what didn't, you, didn't you tell another? And you, you couldn't. You couldn't get a forex over there. They were all drinking this you know, low and brow, whatever. And I came down with a six pack, and the fellas just thought it was the best <laughs> drink they'd ever had <laughs> oh, their no. entire tour. <laughs> do, all right, that's the truth. Yeah, it is, yeah. Is... I, I do recall. I, I do recall. Oh, Terry Lamb was quite tight with money too. And in fact. I, I won 33 quid one day off Terry Lamb playing cards. And he wouldn't give me the 33 quid. He said, I'll pay, I'll pay it back to Jimmy. He paid me back a pound a day. Right? A pound <laughs> oh, a day. Good work. So after about 30 days, I had 30 quid in the ashtray next to my bed. And one night, Badge, I don't know what Badge was thinking. He must have got a hit in the head or something. He, he's come home late and he needed some money. So rather than spend his own money, he takes me 30 quid out of the ashtray. I wake up next morning, it's empty. It's just... He says to me, oh, sorry, Jimmy. I had to borrow some money last night to go out for a drink. I, I took your money. <laughs> well, I have we didn't heard have that any. Story. We had no credit cards and we had no. And, and reception was closed and there was. Uh, all we had was travelers' yeah. checks. So I had to borrow some money, but I can't believe you knew thank, exactly. Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah. To the cent. He went, Dad, 33 Jimmy. pounds yeah. missing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, yeah. do you remember? Yeah. I, I remember. Do you remember on the bus, remember. the bus trip? Back after that last test, or no, one of those tests, no. when you and I were playing no, cards no. and you owed me like fifteen hundred quid. <laughs> you do, yes, I do. You do. I do remember that. Yeah. And the I story behind it is that Rowdy Shearer was dealing, and he was Rowdy was cheating and making sure I got the best hands. <laughs> and we both had a few drinks. Jimmy didn't notice, and I just kept, <laughs> I just kept. Oh, I've got four races. I've got a royal flush. It was unbelievable. <laughs> And yeah. we got home, and, and the boys uh, are going, and we put bus pulled up, and Jimmy's going, one more, double or nothing, and we went, we got to go. Uh, and the boys, everyone uh, knew that I, I was, Rowdy was cheating, except for, for Gary Jack. Oh. We went up to our room, yeah, yeah. and his head's down, and he's gone. He said, Badge, I, I, can't, I can't believe it. You know, you're going to make me pay this money back. He said, Donna and I are doing up the kids' room. She's expecting. <laughs> and it's, I, I don't Kieran's think we're going to yeah, be able to Kieran's do it. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to do it. He used kids. Oh, he did. He did. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? What about the other said, story? We got to, we got to buy, we got to buy some wallpaper. That's what happened. Yeah. The seven seat Kia Sorento, Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer.
This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Yeah, welcome back to it. Uh, we're playing some of the best bits of 2022 tonight. Jace here, uh, Sats on holidays, Badge on holidays. Badge will be back on Tuesday night with Matt Rogers in the chair with him. Uh, 0457 736 736. We're talking about Mancat earlier uh, with Starkey threatening to do so today in the second test. Uh, Nick from Newcastle says, boys, Mancat is fair game. The batters know it won't be done and have taken advantage of it. It's ridiculous how far down the pitch some of them go. No more. Put the batters back in their place. Mancat them. Yeah, fair call. Um, Shannon from Bonnells Bay, you get a run for running the full length of the wicket. If the batter at the non-strikers end leaves before the ball has been bowled, have they run the full length of the pitch to be awarded the run? Should the run be rewarded? If yes, then fair game, go Mancad them. Well, uh, same can be said for a batsman batting out of his crease. He's not running the full length of the pitch. But look, I get, you know, uh, a lot of you are saying if it is the rules, then... Enforce them. Go for it. Go nuts. What do you think? 0457 736 736 is our text number. Uh, Part two of the Garys. Belcher versus Jack. We pick up the chats when they start discussing dubious card games on the team bus. I do remember playing cards and um, I just kept doubling up and doubling up. I was pretty fearless and... uh... And uh, you, and you, and, and I was disappointing you, Badger. I really was because you and me, Rumi, and Rumi's are supposed to look after, after each other. You know, make sure that we, we we don't do anything silly. And you had me going for about three days. <laughs> and then Benny Elias comes and says, "Jimmy, they're having you on." Badger's cheating. Rowdy was cheating. I said, "He what?" He said he was cheating. I said, "Right, that's it. I'm going to fix up Badge." I was going to pull out one of the test matches and give you a run. I said, nah, I'm going to play every game. He can wait for another time. He can uh, wait for another time. You'll wait for a few more years. <laughs> if I'd known you were a future black belt in jiu-jitsu, mate, it would have gone a bit easier on you. Yeah, that's right. Hey, hey, I wish you'd have gone harder. I wish you'd gone harder on me. A couple of things, because I, I know you keep yourself fit. And you've done a bit of boxing and and you're doing jiu-jitsu, but mate, what what's the story? How are you now? After what eighteen months ago, you had a had a heart attack and we nearly mm. lost you. Mm, that's true. Yeah, I had a, had a cardiac arrest, Gaz. A bit different to a heart attack. Um, so, yeah, I had an arrest. I was training and, uh, well, you know, um, I was unconscious. I, I had no heartbeat and I wasn't breathing. Um, so, technically, I'm dead. Um, so, that that happened for about, about 10 minutes. I was there. But luckily, where I had a cardiac arrest, I had people around me. Most people have them with you at home. There's no one else around and there's no one to, to jump in. Because if you do have an arrest, straight away someone's got to perform a CPR to at least keep the blood going from, from your heart to your brain for that, for that um, yeah, the oxygen that you need to survive for at least to, until the paramedics turn up. And I was lucky that Simon Farnsworth, a great, he was my jiu-jitsu instructor, he was there. He did CPR uh, for 10 minutes. Uh, I was I was. I was gone. Uh, you know, mm. I was, my eyes had rolled back. I was, I was no good. I was grey, and um, and if not for Simon, you know, I said I've been given a second, a second chance at life. Uh, but it, make, it, it made me realise I didn't realise how dangerous cardiac arrests are. There's about thirty thousand arrests every year, and, and only about five percent survive. And you yes. go, wow, I, I didn't know that. You know, so it really, so I became a patron for the Michael Hughes Foundation, which is to raise awareness for cardiac arrests. And to make sure that you know people do their CPR training and they know what to do if someone is in that situation. Like if that's thirty thousand families, thirty thousand people have passed mothers, dads, grandparents. Then mm. by doing CPR, you can you can you can increase their they can make a full recovery. And I've made a full recovery in that time. 
I'm back doing jujitsu now. I'm training, you know, I'm as normal, but I was just so lucky that I had someone there with me when it happened. Um, so, yeah, yeah. That, that's a, it's a great, great that's story, a and I'm, I'm glad to be here. Gary, yeah, Jack, result, Gary. before you, we, we let you go, it's not often I have two of the greatest uh, fullbacks on the show at the same time. Well, well, Billy Slater wasn't available today, but I've got you two. Gee, what's, the go, what's, the, <laughs> what's the go at the moment, and we talk about this with Badge a lot, what's the go with everyone wanting to be a fullback nowadays? And who is your, who is your favourite fullback today? Mm. Uh, well, yeah, they want to be they want to be fullbacks because they get all the money now. That's why they want to be fullbacks. You know, I wish they full back in the eighty six, eighty five, but we didn't get the money. The halfbacks got the money back in those days. Not a kid. Um, so <laughs> who, who Mullins? <laughs> sort of Mullins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he did pretty well. He killed. Um, him. <laughs> uh, yeah. So who's my favourite player? Look, uh, I think Tommy Turbo for me. Um, yeah. Look, Tedesco is a great player. Um, I do sometimes think Tedesco. Sometimes he gets in the way just a little bit too often. You know, I probably shouldn't say that, but I think he does sometimes. You know, he's a great individual player, um, and uh, he's always yeah, following the ball. Uh, but I, I love watching Turbo when he's fit. You know, and uh, yeah, Latrell is a fullback too. Like he's a he's a fantastic. He's a weapon at fullback. Uh, you know. They can all run, but they can't all tackle. You know, that, unfortunately, there are a lot of them good with the ball, but you know, they sort of the defence isn't too good. So I'd like to see them improve from that. Billy Slater was without doubt the, the best fullback I've seen. Um, yeah. You know, pretty not available. Um, and he was a great all-round fullback. Oh, Badge was a Badge was a great all-round player too. You know, they, they don't you know Badge will talk himself up that he was very good, and look, he was very good. Let me tell you, he was. He was an excellent player, and I had to be on my game every time I played against him because. You know, he could make you look silly. You yeah, know, he could make well, you look silly, and um, full credit to him. Well, you were hard to make look silly, Jimmy, because you were. I still think, even up there with Billy, like you're probably the best defensive fullback that I've seen and the game's seen. So, mate, that's the big rap I, I could, the biggest rap I could give you. And I have said this before on the record: How does a bloke win the Golden Boot as you did for in 1987? I think it was for the '86 season. The best player mm. in representative and the best player in the world. How do you win the Golden Boot and not make the mm. top 100 players? Geez, you must have had your nose mm. out of joint about that. Oh, no, look, Gaz, you know, it's it's very political. You know that, you know that, I know that. Um, you rub some people the wrong way and they sort of hold a grudge. But, you know, I, I did what I did in my career. You know, I had a, a you know, golden boot. I played 20-odd tests for Australia. I played Origin. I, you know, I outlived anything that I thought I was ever going to do as a player. I, I surpassed that. And I, I'm just so, so fortunate to have had such a wonderful career and met so many great people and played with, you know, you and Dad, uh, you and yeah, Wally Mal, all those Queenslanders, and yeah, uh, Brett Kenny, and Peter Sterling. It was just wonderful to play with guys of that calibre, and you know, that's just a, a very humbling. Yeah, very humbling. Yeah, no doubt. Um, geez, we've been talking for that long. I can't believe we are running out of time. But Jimmy, I, I can't go without touching on a couple of things, and you can keep mm. this as short or as long as you want. Um, 88, mm. 89 grand finals. Can you describe it mm-hmm. in a couple of words, or is it is it still hurt that you didn't never did win one of those? Because yeah, you were course, you, yeah. you guys yeah. were what a team Balmain had. Yeah. yeah, I knew you were going to lead this one, Badge. I knew it was coming. You know, so I knew it was just a matter of time before you brought it up. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, it was it, it was it was very yeah. 80, 89, 88 was great to got there. You know, I think. You've got what uh, thirty-two players that play that day on the on the field to determine the outcome of the game. Sometimes it's just moments in the game. You know, 
where the luck goes your way. And it, look, certainly, certainly in in '89, um, you know, we were. Uh, we just didn't underestimate Canberra. Canberra were, were a team on the up, and we we were, we were you know, we, we we played them. We didn't underestimate them. I think we led what twelve two at half time, mm. and um, you know uh, against a six one penalty count by referee Harrigan, we we sort of battled through. Um, and then there were moments in the game that there's, that that changed the grand oh. final. Obviously, there's. There's the one with Stevie Walters and Brucey Maguire. What are you going all for? You were no, there. No, no, I'm, you were I'm saying you couldn't. You, you were at Mark. No, yeah. it wasn't. But you, you yeah. couldn't have gone any closer. There were so many moments that, no, no, that could, at yeah. crucial times went our way. Yeah, exactly. That, that went your way with, with when Walters was offside. And the one that everyone, no one ever talks about, but it's, it's, there, it's, the, it, it's the penalties that you don't get which really hurt you. And the one that I'm talking about is when... Ricky Stewart ran 20 metres to get to marker when Benny was lined up for a field goal. He was offside. The time blocker played the ball. Ricky was three metres short of marker. And Bill Harrigan just didn't see it. I mean, I don't know. It was a penalty right in front. We go 16-8 up. It doesn't matter if you score at the end because we win the game. But but Harrigan didn't even rule a penalty. Ricky Stewart was Mm. clearly offside for 20 metres. And so it's decisions like that which you go... Like you know, that's the difference. You know, do we have any regrets? Look, I probably wish I'd have caught the ball there when when um, uh, they put the ball up and Steve Jackson come through. You know, I wish I'd have maybe put over me, over me above my head to try and take the ball, but I didn't. I'd, I'd catch it, you know, the, the, the conventional way how we did back in back in the eighties. Um, you know, if we catch that, it doesn't get extra time. And I did also hear. Now you can probably confirm this, Gaz, that a few years after the eighty nine grand final. They did a check on the cross, the, the height of the crossbar at, yep. down there at uh, Institute of Sport, and it was actually it was off the same measurements as SFS, and they said they measured it was four inches higher than what it was supposed to be uh, for the, for for the you're down there at Canberra. So it, so so in '89 the crossbar was four inches lower, which meant that Benny's drop goal would have went over um, if it had been the right height. See, I'm nearly in tears listening to this, Jimmy. I tell you what, you're just so. I have heard that, but <laughs> sorry, you, mate. Can you if confirm I, or deny? Honestly, if I oh, can you I, confirm I, or deny, I've heard the same thing. Uh, I'll, but take, I'll take. I think it's bullshit. Yes. I'll take that as a yes. Hey, um, <laughs> I think I think it's a yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you, you got everything else about your career that's um, that that went right for you. I don't know. And I'm, I'm good mates with your, your other friends, Blocker and Ciro, and it it bloody hurts. I mean, Benny, yeah, as well. Um, hey. Now you well you're saying you've, got, you've seen a great photo on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, um, wonderful photo of yourself, Blocker, and Olson Filipina um, when he passed away. You, there's an old image of the the three of you blokes with your kids uh, in Balmain jerseys when they'd mm. made. I think it was the SG uh, teams back SG then. Ball. Yeah. Yes. Was that's he? Right. Yes, was, I've seen that photo. Yes. Right. It was a beautiful yes, photo. Uh, was yeah, he, was it was. Uh, they were 18, yes, at that Leichhardt Oval. Yeah. And was, also in the picture was was Gary Webster's young fella. Gary Webster passed away about 15 years ago, and his boy was in the same team oh, wow. as, as Olsen. Yeah. yeah, it was very sad when Olsen was at Olsen's funeral. And, um, geez, you know, that's just unbelievable. He's, he's what, 60, 63, 64, had kidney troubles. Mm. Um, and then you go into his funeral, and you go, bloody hell, you just don't realise uh, nice how play. precious life is. and. Hell of a nice bloke, yeah. Mm. Yeah, hell of a nice bloke. And what, he could play. He could he could really play. You know, he was uh, unbeatable there in, in 85 for the Kiwis. Yeah. Um, I said yeah. We, were, we were lucky to win there 80, in 86 and 85, but uh, what a great player. One thing I, I learned from touring, you know, and, and rooming with the likes of yourself and other blokes and, and other tours and being in rep teams, 
we're all much the same. We're all just, uh, you know, blokes with a bit of a different background, but all doing our best out there. And, um, you know, I've got to say it, we had a good rivalry, a great rivalry, Jimmy. And but a lot of people think we'd be uh, we'd be enemies for sure. But yeah, we we did became great mates on that tour. And as I said yeah. to you off the yeah. air, yeah. hopefully I can catch up with you in the near future, mate. Uh, me too, guess. And I remember look, the, the greatest thing that you ever did for me was uh, when I started the tour. I didn't use gel, but by the end of the <laughs> tour, I was using your gel all the time, and <laughs> it was fantastic. That, you know, it yeah. just it was just great to put your gel through my hair every night when I went out. But, uh, but now I still use gel now, thanks to you, guys. Well, you said you you loved gel, you loved it, but it was just a little bit too expensive for you, so <laughs> you had to duck into mine. <laughs> Good on you, Jimmy Jack. Great talking to you, mate. <laughs> Good on you, guys. It's a pleasure talking to you too, mate. All the best. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. We'll be back soon. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Yeah, welcome back to it. No Badge, no Sats. It's Jace here. Our final show for 2022. Jack, the producer, in the studio as well. Stream every NFL game uh, this season live on NFL Ga- Excuse me, Game Pass. Visit NFLGamePass.com. Uh, Derek Carr's career with the Raiders could almost be over, Jack. I, I see the Raiders are planning to start uh, Jarrett uh, Stidham uh, in place of Carr against the 49ers. Head coach Josh McDaniels announced Carr will be inactive against San Fran with Chase Garbers slated to be Stidham's backup. Now, are the rumours flying around already that Brady could end up yep. at the Las Vegas Raiders? So the re- the reasons is there is that there is a very big link between Brady and the offensive coach coach at at Vegas. So essentially, they're saying he's very big with uh, with the assistant coach and the offensive coach. Could be a, a slot in there, but they're also saying he could go to New Orleans. Yeah, he could go back to the Patriots. One thing's for sure: he won't be playing at Tampa Bay uh, next year. He's either retiring or he's going to go to another club. Do that think, is, that's do, certain. Do you think it'll tarnish a legacy if he goes? Oh uh, no, I don't think so. I think no. he needs some divorce money as well. That's handy. Hey, uh, in the NFL tomorrow. Uh, block all my calls, Jack, could you? Uh, the Dallas Cowboys kick off week 17 as they take on the Tennessee Titans. Cowboys 11 and 4 and the Titans 7 and 8. On the text, Steve from Dubbo. I won't make up my mind on the man cat until I hear Glenn's opinion. His insight across all topics is of no equal. Fair call. I think Mitchell was just reminding him they're playing cricket, not oh, baseball. I don't know what that's about, but anyway. Well, you know, when he gets out, getting him out. Ah, uh, gotcha. He creeps. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Rightio. Uh, and someone's wanting uh, feedback. Will you go... We'll talk about that. What bowlers you would go with for the third test? Because let's not forget, there's someone coming back from a side strain. We'll get to that soon. This is Sports Day. Thanks to Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. We'll be back soon. 
the seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. No Badge, no Sats, just Jace and producer Jack here. It's our last show for uh, 2022. Um, and we're playing some best bits uh, for you tonight. And boy, don't go anywhere. This is an action-packed hour, uh, this one. Uh, best bits of Joel and Fletch. We talk to them every Monday night, uh, the boys from the run home. So um, there's a little, there's a montage of our chats coming up for you real soon. David Campisi on the State of Rugby Union. This was a really interesting chat that Badge and I had with him a couple of months ago, worth hearing again. So we thought play that. And kids, don't go to sleep. I know it's getting on a bit. It's after 7 o'clock in New South Wales. But uh, if you're going to do one thing tonight, uh, don't listen to the best of Sats's last laugh. Uh, Jack's had the um, uh, the horrible job of putting him together. Jack, how long did it take you to find something semi-funny? Oh, well, I, I taken up all the time that I had for crying in between. Uh, probably about 10 minutes. Were you hating your job, Jack? Nah, uh, sometimes. <laughs> Join Robson Civil Projects. Jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. Uh, updated score in the Big Bash. The Thunder are two for 94 of 13.3 overs. Jilks, 35, not out. Uh, Baisley has a couple of wickets uh, for the Heat. That game's been played at Metricon. The Heat won the bat flip and decided to bowl. Not a bad crowd mm. at Metricon for this game. I think it's their only game this year. And uh, the folks have turned out. Game later on tonight, Perth Scorchers versus the Melbourne Stars. I now regret saying to the wife and kids, we'll go for a walk down the beach. We'll take the dog, grab an ice cream. I forgot it was a double header. I think that's 9.15 New South Wales time. So I think think you'll be back for it. All right. Hopefully. Uh, Texts 0457-736-736. Uh, South Africa cricket is shooting themselves in the foot and the wallet with a quota system. Yeah, well, it's, it, it, it's part of South Africa, uh, South African sport, and it's going to be there forever. What they need to do is go out and find the right players, find the best players to play the game. They've also got to get themselves, I think, uh, a stronger captain and lock in a permanent coach. It's a transition period for them, uh, absolutely. most definitely. They've got the bowlers. They yeah. need to go out and find some batsmen. Um, Mark, who is your second spinner for the Sydney test? Agar, Swepson, Murphy or Zampa? Mark says he'll go for Zampa. They think they'll go with Agar and Morris will play for Stark and Hazelwood for Boland. No, I think, um, I think Hazelwood will come in. Boland is available for the third test. I think Hazelwood will come in for Stark and I think Nisa will come in for Green. Right. And play that all rounder. It'll be a bowling all rounder, not a batting all rounder. But he can bat. Yeah, we've seen what he can do. Uh, so I think that's what will happen there. Uh, Sixty years of family culture. Join the Robson Sizzle Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. Football is here. Here, the Isuzu Ute A League experience it live. Search A League's tickets. We've got forty seconds, Jack. What's happening this weekend? All right. Well, Western United tomorrow taking on Brisbane Roar at 7.45. That'll be a big one for the Brisbane Roar, hoping to get up there as well. Wellington Phoenix, Melbourne City, that'll be a big game. I mean, one versus seven, but there's still a lot to play for. Uh, Western Sydney Wanderers versus MacArthur as well will be a big one. All righty. That is the A-Leagues happening uh, this weekend. Almost break time here on Sports Day. Thanks to the 7-seat Kia Sorento Large SUV. As I said, it's our last show for 2022. Back next Tuesday with Badge 
and Matt Rogers. On the way, uh, we have the great David Campisi giving us his thoughts on rugby. The seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. We'll be back soon. Tyneman, Campisi, can he get there? BT Dacing, they won't catch him. Another Australian try. A record score against Scotland. Can he get there? What a stupid rhetorical question that was <laughs> by Gordon Bray. Of course he can get there. The legend himself, David Campisi, joining us on the line now on Sports Day. Campo, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for the invitation, guys. It's been obviously a long time, but yeah, I finally get to speak to you. Yeah, and I, I'm a little bit disappointed tonight because we're talking to you without our our colleague and co-host, Gary Belcher, in the studio. No doubt you boys tore up Canberra in the late 80s. And I'll get to that uh, real real soon. Um, of course, uh, David Campisi AM was inducted into the Sport Australia Hall of Fame in 1997 as an athlete member for his contribution, of course, to rugby. 101 Wallabies caps, mm. Sats. Incredible. And, and from a Queensland point of view, and I know David's not a Queenslander, but there's going to be two more inductees happening this week, and they're Queenslanders. So we thought... Let's get an inductee on and, and see and see what it's like to be in the Sport Australia Hall of Fame. Cabo, has it changed your life at all? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it must be that, that nice, was in though. was 97, guys. It was, uh, it was a long time ago. But? Um, look, obviously, it's a great, it was a great honour. You don't, you know, as you know, I played most of my year in the amateur era, so there was, it was just really for the fun of the game, love of the game we played. And rewards, I mean, you, you don't ask for them. People nominate you, you know, you just go along with the flow, basically. And if they, you get accepted, it's a, it's a great uh, privilege, especially see, when you see all the, the other sports people in Australia that uh, actually made the Hall of Fame. Uh, it actually makes it, um, you know, something to look back on. And that was going to be my next question, Campo. It's, it's great recognition for what was, you know, as a leaguey growing up, you made me watch Rugby Union. Yeah. And, um, and that's a pretty powerful you know, position to play um, with a cross-code uh, uh, fan. Now, when you talk about some of those other inductees that, that are in the Sporting Hall of Fame, do you look across at some of those names and scratch yourself and say, oh, and who is some of those athletes that you think, oh, I can't believe I'm in the same, in the same room as those sort of people when it comes to you know, being inducted in such a prestigious award? Yeah, look, I think it's as a as a kid growing up, you know, I mean, I was grew up in Queen, been 21,000 people. My old man was Italian, had no idea in sport at all, had no idea about it, just had his grapes and his chooks and veggies in the backyard and, you know, went off and played league most of my life. Uh, won a golf championship at 15, bit of Aussie rules, bit of cricket. And I ended up playing rugby, which was bizarre because going to a government school, rugby never really existed. And then you sort of... You know, you come up the ranks and you get the opportunity to travel the world. You meet the Queen, Buckingham Palace twice. You know, you meet people around the world, lived in South Africa, lived in Italy, you know, and then you uh, then you have a look at the the, the the Olympics, the Commonwealth Games, and then you watch all these athletes and, and then you look and you're part of, you know, what, what they've been inducted into as well. It's, it's a great honour. And um, it's obviously a great... Um, it's just one of those things in life you... You don't play for, as you know, you just go and play sport and, you know, it's just it's just something that you can look back and tell your kids, you know, that I was, you know, once uh, we, we won a lot of things and we were, you know, people sort of thought, well, 
you know, these guys deserve to be in a, in a sort of Hall of Fame, and that's how it happens. You talk about some of those sports that you, you, know, you, you played throughout your teenage years. What was the sliding door moment? Was there any sliding door moment? I'm sure you've told this story on a number of occasions, but just for our listeners that haven't heard it, of why, of why it ended up being coming rugby union and not rugby league or some other sport? Uh, do you really want to t- me to tell you? <laughs> yes. Okay. yes. Uh, obviously, uh, it's quite interesting. It's my nephew, Terry. Yes. Um, if you have a word to him, and he's exactly the opposite to me, so I'll tell you. Uh, 16, uh, played the uh, Rugby League Grand Final. Uh, there was a great uh, number seven called Stevie Hewson. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember. He used to wear boxing boots as a halfback. Uh, he was our coach. And we lost the uh, the grand final, so they blamed me, and I said, I, I'm not going to handle this. Uh, the next year, went over to watch fourth grade rugby union, and I watched them after the game. I said to the coach, uh, do you need a fullback? And I started. That was it. That's it. Off I went. Wow. So that, yeah, that was in 1979. Uh, played for the Wallabies in 82. And uh, obviously been down in Queenby, and uh, the Raiders decided to come to town, and we used to play a game called touch football, not like now, with against Mal Meninga and the boys, and it wasn't touch. <laughs> it was just smash. And there was a guy who had a mustache, and still has a mustache. I think it was Gary Belcher. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so, yeah, absolutely. You know, you go back a long way, and there's the boys there. So, yeah, it was great to, to be around that as well. And it was just something, you know, just to meet all the guys in different sports, and you just get to know them over the years, and... You know, it was just one of those things. Luckily, at that level, you you get to know and meet and, you know, become friends with uh, guys from other sports. Speaking of Mal Meninga, Gary Belcher. Now, Badger's not here. He's on. He's surfing somewhere in Indonesia at the moment, David. It, it, if you rocked up, the three of you rocked up at the door at the private bin in Canberra. We're talking about the heyday of the late 80s where you're, <laughs> you're all superstars. Who who's got the uh, VIP membership? Is it yourself, Mao, or Badge, or Ricky? Or well, Ricky? I was I, I never used to drink, see. No, well, yeah. I mean, Ricky would do some very strange things if he got in there. <laughs> um, but we, uh, I never used to drink. So I was playing for the Wallabies in '82, and I was drinking orange juice. So I think Mal and the boys were a bit bit uh, bit stronger alcoholic drinkers than me. But uh, I never. I used the only time I went to the private bin, I took some drunken mates out, and I got. Someone ran me from behind at the lights, so that was the last time I went oh out to the private bin. Right, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I mentioned that then. The Australian <laughs> Grand Slam side that toured Great Britain in 1984. David, was that is, was that the greatest moment in your rugby career, where you went undefeated? Yeah, look, it was it was it was hard because coming you know starting in '82, going to New Zealand, playing the All Blacks uh, in three tests, and we we won the second test. You know, not many people have beaten the All Blacks, and I was there at 19 years old beating them. Um, and then, obviously, the Grand Slam. Look, you know, to me, it's just another opportunity to play for your country. I was so, so excited. I hung around the Ellers. I saw these guys think, geez, they're good. I'll, I want to be like those guys. And, uh, yeah, we, I think we were fortunate. We had coaches uh, that allowed the players to play a style of rugby. You know, as long as we had the skills, we could not do what we wanted to do, but we realised that we had to entertain, especially in Australia when you've got rugby league and Aussie rules so dominant, you had to had to play a style of rugby that people wanted to come and watch. And, and I think that Grand Slam sort of started and then obviously, you know, you got the 86 uh, Bledisloe Cup, which uh, the last time we beat the All Blacks at Eden mm. Park. And then obviously the World Cup 91. So 
it sort of carried on for about 10, 12 years, and and unfortunately, it's uh, it's nowhere near where it should be at the moment. Well, the Wallabies about to embark on that spring tour, like you did in nineteen eighty four, and and Alan Jones was the coach of that tour. He replaced Bob Dwyer, I think, from memory. Did he look at rugby in a completely yep. different uh, um, stratosphere than what any other coach did? Yeah, Alan was. Uh, look, when you when you're a player, you learn. You guys probably know as well. You know, you get different coaches. You learn different things from different coaches. They're all got good and bad points. Alan was more of a, uh, not a motivator. He just sort of, I spoke to him yesterday, actually. He was saying what he tried to do was give the players the skills. You know, he had Mark Eller run the back line, which wasn't a bad coach. Um, but, but that's what I mean. Those days, the coaches gave players the power. Now, it's all from the coach's box in the, on the uh, sideline. You've got so many runners, and they're talking to players all the time. You know, nowadays, we had to make decisions. You know, and I think Alan realised that. And if you have a look at that team, you know, it was the first time ever, I think, we did a pushover try against Wales. Um, and in previous years, the Wallabies really didn't have a, a, a very good scrum. But that scrum sort of dominated, and that sort of sent us on the, uh, I suppose, the 12 years of uh, the great run down the track. What changes would you make to the Wallabies at the moment? And, and I'm, maybe players, maybe... Uh, how they play, playing style. Um, is there anything, any improvements you'd like to see in the Wallabies at the moment, David? Uh, how, how long you got? <laughs> as long as you want. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I've, I've been very critical of uh, Dave Rennie. Um, I still, I keep on asking the question, can he explain to us <clears throat> what style of rugby are we trying to play? Because we've got two good wingers who don't get the ball. Uh, we've got a good fullback, but there's no opportunities, and uh, it's just, it is frustrating. I just get you know, so frustrated watching because these players have got so many good skills, but under pressure they just can't handle. They just give silly penalties away, mm. you know. And I think that All Black game in Melbourne sort of proved as well where a lot of controversy about the ref. But if you look at the laws, you know, in that game, Foley was warned three times by the referee and. Mm. You know, what happens at the end there, well, you, sometimes you've got to know the laws of the game as well. And you can't go blame the referee when you lose. Uh, you've got to look at yourself. And then a week later, we get by, beat by 40. Like, it's... We, we just haven't got that mongrel. You know, I mean, you guys played in the day. I mean, there's some tough guys around, and every week they get just turn up and play. You know, you can't rely on last week's game to get you through the next week. And I think, for me, I'd really love to have an Australian coach because... He understands our culture. He understands the way we want to play. You know, you won't get New Zealand getting an Aussie or a Kiwi coach, uh, sorry, New, or South African, or you won't get a South African getting an um, Aussie coach. But we in Australia here, we love getting co- coaches from overseas that doesn't really understand our, our way of playing. We've got some really good young talent, but, you know, I've watched the Australia 8 versus Japan. You know, if you have a look at that, I mean, why don't they run the ball, try different things and give the guys the skills to be adventurous. But unfortunately, we're, we're in this this uh, era of so much robotic play. You're told what to do. I've got my son uh, in my car now. We just drove to Brisbane to um, for cricket training. And he played the uh, the Queensland Reds under 15 trials. And um, I watched him train for two days. And not one coach taught them anything. All they did was tell them how to play. There was no, this is what you should be doing. Are you happy here? I just noticed you run the wrong, ang- wrong run in the wrong angle. 
But there's no coaching. They just stand there and just tell you how to play. That's it. David Campese. How the young kids are. How are you supposed to learn? If Rennie's not the answer then, is there a coach currently in Australia you'd like to see have a crack at coaching the Wallabies? Look, I, I think it's a bit late now because of the World Cup, but I think that um, Laurie Fisher would probably be the best at the moment. He's been around a long time. Um, and unfortunately, you know, you guys might you know, talk about league as well, where all the coaches are really very similar. Um, and, you know, what we need is someone... And it's interesting, I don't know about in league, but in rugby, I think 99.9% of the coaches are all hordes. All the backs are in stock exchange and lawyers and all that. It's a bit of a difference. So, and Fords, Fords love line outs and scrums and kicking the crap out of the ball. Um, there's not too many backs around these days. But um, look, I, I think we, we, we should have learned many years ago. And I said after 2019 Rugby World Cup, we should have set up, you know, even with Michael Checkard, love him or hate him, get him involved and say, right, you know, you're going to have to look for four or five really good young coaches in Australia put them through their paces. So we've got a system of coaches coming through. Every coach in rugby has got to go overseas to prove himself. And when they do, we buy them back. Mm. And they come back and they still they play in a style of rugby that's not Australian. They play the same style. You know, we, we used to have a fantastic back line. We used to counter-attack from everywhere. We had the skills to do that, but we've seen to have lost that. And I think it's because of knowledge. Knowledge hasn't been passed on from old guys like us. Have we got the players, Campo? Have we got the players to be able to execute that style of play? Not, not anymore. Uh, I think player education's been the biggest problem. That we've, we, we haven't had coaches going around coaching coaches. Mm. Um, and the players, you know, I can name a couple of players, but I won't. And some of them, the skill factor, I mean, really, you, you need to have better skills to play at that top level. And it is frustrating when you watch... And, you know, it's about team. When you get to an international level, everyone's got to be on the same uh, page. Everyone's got to think the same. And you've got to start helping each other out. It's not about individuals at that level, you know. It's about trying to do your best for your country. And, and you're playing for all the supporters and, and uh, all the fans at home who, who love the game. Now, before we let you go, uh, one of the great spectacles in, in rugby union over many, many decades, of course, has been the All Blacks' Harker. Now, 2011... You know, the the final against France, they they challenged the Harker with their their arrow formation, and now we see the the Wallabies starting to form what they call a boomerang now as the Harker is being performed. Um, many have criticised Australia, many have applauded it. What do you think? Do you think it's it's play on fair game? Yeah, look, I think I I I played the All Blacks twenty nine times, so I faced it a lot of times. <laughs> and two thousand ninety one World Cup, I actually didn't face the Harker. I was kicking the ball around in the semi-final of the Rugby World Cup because we weren't told what we should do. You know, the, the coach said, listen, just go, if you feel comfortable, do something, do something, so I'll kick the ball around. Look, I think it's great for the game. People want to see it. But I really think the All Blacks have got to either do it at home, um, not away, because even in Australia, if you do the Harker, I mean, there's more Kiwis watching the game than bloody Australians. So mm. it's actually like a home game to them. Um, so, look, if people want to do whatever they want to do, great. I think that Australia did it because England did it in the World Cup 2019 and beat uh, New Zealand. So I think everyone's trying different things. I, the only way to beat the All Blacks is give 80 minutes of your best rugby 
and at the end of the game, make sure you're you're in front of them. That's the only way you're going to beat them. It's not going to be because you do a boomerang. <laughs> David Campisi, we could talk to you all night. We wanted to say congratulations on being inducted into the Sport Australia Hall of Fame. Yeah, I know. We're 25 years late. Uh, we're a bit slow around these parts. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your honesty. Thanks for your time on Sports Day, mate. You're welcome, guys, anytime. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. No badge, no sats. It's Jace here tonight and Jack the producer as well. We're counting down to New Year's Eve. In fact, playing you some of the best bits from 2022. And I've got to tell you, uh, one of our favourite things on the show has been our every chat, every Monday with Joel and Fletch from The Run Home. Uh, here's a little compilation of what's happened. So no articles this week. Uh, we're going straight to the audio. Sugar asked me what did I think of the French resting a few players. Well, Woogie had his take on it, and he came up with this beauty. I'm not eating French onion dip, dip this weekend. <laughs> Sorry, 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 sorry. Play that again, please, uh, Marco. I'm not eating French onion dick dip this weekend. <laughs> One more, please, Marco. One more. Yeah. I'm not eating French onion dick dip this weekend. <laughs> uh, so I can understand why you wouldn't do that. <laughs> but so funny. Woogie, Woogie, you better come. Freudian oh. slip? I think not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. oh, I was just getting carried away at the, the dogs, the greyhounds. Because he wanted to protest. He wanted to yeah, protest yeah. everything French. Yeah. I mean, everything French. I said no yeah. croissants. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so funny. So you were, you, Wookie, you were upset. You were upset. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm French onion. onion. This is a French onion. That's going to smooth. Straight to the delicacy. Oh, oh. Hang on, he's, he's leaving now. See you, Henri. So. <laughs> oh, no. So, oh, so was he, oh. <laughs> Woogie, were you yes, upset mate. because yeah. you knew that we needed... <laughs> We needed to win against Emma. Is that what you were? That's what you were upset about. I, re- I, I thought the French had done everything to to knock us out of the World uh, Cup. Yeah, yeah. That's that was my. That was your take on it. Yeah. And what is? Have you done anything else? Have you? Have you given up French kissing this week? Jeez, I can't remember the last time Mrs. and I kissed. Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. that one's gone. What else? I did. I gave up croissants this weekend. Good. And watching any Gerard Zippo do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I've stopped watching SBS yeah. movies. Yeah. What about your favourite? <laughs> Fill over fish. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's French. Oh, dear. Oh, God. Oh, okay. so good. I knew that had come back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got to blame Jack. Jack's the one that got that audio. He's that. a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Now, we like Jack. Yeah, we love Jack. Mm. Well done, oh, Jackie boy. Geez. What else, boys? What else? Hey, you what do you us? make of the um, so Thai temple left without any monks after they all failed drug tests? Four no. monks, including the the uh, the head of the monastery, yep. were forced to leave the manhood, or the monkhood, sorry. Not the <laughs> what is it with you two? After their urine, their urine test showed evidence of illegal drugs. Yeah, on the it meth. reported to be meth. Yeah. Right? The monks what? on the meth. Monks What's going on, on meth. up in those temples? It's not man of match anymore. Monks mm. on meth. Well, this yeah. is what happened on A Current Affair when my favourite monk was caught at Sexyland. 
Remember Sexy Land was like an adult sex shop? Yeah. My, my yeah, favourite yeah. two episodes, Kamal yeah. and Sexy Monk. Is that right? That's what it was called. Current oh. Affair. But I think, yeah, so maybe they've just realised that the monks, because, you know, you can't talk mm. and you've got to just go into this hectic meditation. They're probably just yep. thinking, well, we've done all this. Let's, let's go and get out and get on the gravel. Yeah. Just all ripped off their heads. Yeah, by the sounds mm. of it. If you've ever misread a situation and gone in for the kiss, badge, I have. You shouldn't have. I have. Yeah. I, I was hosting a West Tigers um, uh, dinner one day, <laughs> and Marie and Tim Sheens was there. Yeah. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, well, Sats, you'll know this. They can drag he a crowd. He doesn't kiss on his first day. <laughs> they can drag a crowd, those Tigers. There'd be 1,200 people at Le Montage, right? La Montage, yeah. La Montage. They can drag a crowd, Tigers, I will say that. And Marina Go, the then chairwoman of the, of the West Tigers. Oh, you didn't, she's, go, you didn't int- go there, did you? Well, she's, I've introduced Marina and I've introduced her to the stage. <laughs> oh, no. And I'm well down the pitch with a kiss on the cheek, right? I'm, I'm like in front of the 1,200 people. I'm, I'm perched my lips and I'm going right in <laughs> to which point, and there's, I'm getting run out if I turn back. So she's just plopped the hands, couldn't be straighter. Oh. Bang. Oh. Very you good at a handshake. Yep. Did anyone pick it air. up? Did anyone pick up from the crowd? Well, I, it was that obvious I had to address the team and say, uh, <laughs> yes. ladies and gentlemen, this is what just happened. I've gone into the, the Gregory Peck, and Marina's clearly made it you know, very, very uh, <laughs> clear that we are handshaking only. Yeah. So I have been was this, caught. Was this around COVID times? No, before COVID. Uh, mm. No excuse. But, but we need a rule on this. Albo needs to come and set the rules because all these people are running out there, whether to overbear, underbear, underhug, whatever the case may be, we don't know what to bloody do, Brian. Well, you should read the room in the sense you never do you know this woman what about okay what about Have you it? met this woman before marina uh marina go uh, lose, uh, no. i don't know her so well that's a no that's a scenario then right so mm-hmm. so you go somewhere and this happened on the weekend and there'll be two ladies there right yeah and you know one very well and you don't know the other one so well do you go in for the kiss of one of them and you just no. do the hide of the other no, one no no you got to keep no. it all sweet package deal yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I did it to our Kiss boss, Sam. to the Sam. friend, handshake to the you did unknown. It to our boss. I did it to our boss, Sam. She wanted to hug, and I went, <laughs> I kissed her. Oh, oh, was, oh like, don't bag alert. Typical don't bag alert. Fuck you, not lying. Can I give you this scenario? <laughs> yeah. What about, I, I grew up, when we grew up with, you know, lots of friends, we've still got good friends, we actually used to, guys and girls, you'd meet, you'd, see, and you'd kiss on the lips. We, oh. we don't do it anymore. But there's still a few lips kisses left. A couple of I've got girls one. that I know. Bold so things. how do you get around it? Because you go, <laughs> you go to kiss them on the cheek, and then they just sort of keep, on the they lips. keep lining you yep. up, and they go wham straight on the lips. Yeah, I've been wham. And it's a bit weird. Can now. we focus in on that a little <laughs> bit longer? <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It, no, but it was just the so done thing. Yeah, mate, badge. <laughs> have you got one of those? Badge, have, so you been finding, on, have you been finding <laughs> that these ladies have been kissing <laughs> you? Since the mo was off, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. good point you make, Brian. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it could be time for this. <laughs> now, I get a lot of people asking me in the street and on social media: Is the Wearers but Queensland articles fair income? Yeah, and I say, look, to be brutally honest, sometimes <laughs> I might fudge the yeah. suburb. No. This this today yeah. is definitely not fudge. This right. is 100%. Another one, Gibbo? Is this an Indura filling? <laughs> or Tuggin? Kawoomba. <laughs> it might be the second one. Okay, here we go. A mum says she was disgusted 
to walk in on a wild teen orgy while shopping at a Westfield shopping centre. Ashton Groen said she was at Westfield North Lakes in Brisbane on Sunday at around 1.30pm when she stumbled across a group of teenagers engaging in group sex in a parent's room. She was with her two-year-old daughter at the time. I walked in on what can only be described as some weird orgy. Four teenagers having sex on the bench near the microwave and then they moved into one of the breastfeeding cubicles. Miss Groan said the teens were making a great deal of noise and swearing and there was a lot of sweat. I didn't feel com- I didn't feel comfortable saying anything to them as there were four of them and only me and my daughter. I threw my daughter half-dressed and the contents of my change bag into our trolley and left. I honestly will never be using that parents' room without someone else with me. She reportedly she reported to the staff, but they were indifferent about the orgy and giggled when she reported it. So mm. this is legit. What goes on in Queensland, you filthy animals? Now, let's change tack, boys. Yeah, uh, tack get, change. Get, get this into you, you two Queenslanders. <laughs> Scientists say they've discovered the ideal hangover cure. Hello. Get this into you. Apparently, and I'm going to come up with a drink. Yep. This is, this is my future out of here. Apparently, <laughs> the real choice for a sore head is a special drink made from coconut water, lime, and pear. Mm. And you've got to follow that with a meal Oh, a small meal of cheese, tomatoes, and cucumber. Man. Oh, I don't the cheese. Yeah, so that, that's all. This this vital research was performed by a team at the Institute of Chemical Technology in Mumbai, India, back in 2019. A team uh, led by Dr. Shraddha found a combination of food and drink gives you a good chance of lessening your hangover quickly. What it does, it gets into your, your liver mm. and perform. Ah. Yeah, so the consumption of it. Coffee, no good. He says, hey, one, Fletch, sorry. I love the coffee. I oh, know you, sorry, you, you, lo- you love going overseas in Indonesia. Do you mm. do the coconut water? Yeah, I love it. It's How good, cold, the cold coconut yeah, water. Yeah, it's got to be good. Can you have it's heaps steady. of it or does it just get a little bit too rich for you over time? No, just one have day. it. Yeah, one day. Yeah. And you know what? That makes sense because Jimmy Smith's got the coconut water. Yeah. And every time I, I listen to him, yeah, I feel better. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The last time I saw Sats were at the famous venue, which is uh, Ackle Stadium. The Dylan yeah. Edwards tackle happens right in front of him. By the end of the game, journos are banging on the door, wanting to come in and interview Sats. And at that point, mm. you realise how big a deal it was. But Sats, during the game, and we were sort of commentating this particular event at the southern end. Meanwhile, the game's on at the northern end. This play, this person comes onto the field. Oh yeah. And mate, I'm overseas, and I learned that it's Mark McClendon. I know. And I, th- I was a little bit disappointed in Mark McClendon because he was a very hard player to tackle, but the security caught him quite easily that mm. night. I thought he might have had some um, <laughs> some skills soon. But what about the bike the bike lock around his neck? And he was hoping to basically lock it now, into the Now, are we uh, sure? And now, you, you were commentators as well. They were very hard to tell apart. Are we sure it wasn't Andrew McFadden? Because sometimes they were... Mac attack. You know, they were the Supermax. Imagine if they both went on. <laughs> He lives up in Mullumbimby or something now, I think, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he's... Um, Sats, Creator? can you just imagine the story oh. had he uh, had he been successful in putting himself to the post? <laughs> Chaining him Game has to stop. No, Camera just play on, in. Play on. And they go, that's bloody Mark McClendon. Could you... Imagine we just played on. <laughs> 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 so Cleary moves in, McClendon tied to the bottom of the post. Yeah. <laughs> he just becomes the, the upright pad. Could yeah. you imagine put that, the pad though? Over yeah. him. Just put the pad yeah. over him. But how, how close <laughs> was it to have been a massive story? Oh. It, that didn't come out till heaps later. No, but he had it around his neck. Yeah. You'd need a lot of time to be able to undo it and then connect yourself around it. Yep. And then... If Has he come in and made a statement about in trouble then? Yeah, he came out and said, he goes, I had a bike chain around him, a uh, bike lock around my neck. 
my mm. goal was to rip the pad off, which he ripped the pad off. Yeah. Because he needed the bare post because it, the chain wasn't big enough. <laughs> it's so bizarre. but oh, it, it's so bizarre. <laughs> I just love that, though. But he's hey, gone to the football. We're all going there to watch this dynasty, which could be the Penrith Panthers. And, and he knows himself. He has gone there, probably purchased his tickets at the southern end to get that position yeah. to do this. And he had boots on, too. He had footy boots. <laughs> yeah. On. yeah. yeah. Hey, now, if, if any of your teammates, both of your former teammates, at wherever you played, if there was one player that you would think it wouldn't surprise you if you're watching the footy one day and they've done a they've a pitch invader, who would it be? Nathan, oh. Nathan Wood, but not for that, not for any political reasons, just because yeah. he, he just yeah, does best. it. Just, yeah. just to annoy people. He's the best. He's the world's uh, best. What about you, Sean? Uh, good afternoon to you, Has Sailor. <laughs> <laughs> really? Has oh, a mate. Sailor? Oh, if someone dared him, I reckon he would for sure. What uh, about mine's Chris Spider Hicks. Remember Hicksy? Yeah. Oh, Hicksy. Every day of the week. Hicksy would, yeah. Yep. Wow. What, for yep. political reasons or just. No, no, no. Just get him full as a boot and just yeah. say, you won't do it. And he would, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've all got that mate, haven't we? <laughs> we've all got that mate. We've all got a tight ass. We've all got we've all got the same mates, I reckon. The mate, same. Nathan Wood, Nathan Wood. Every club he has gone to, you speak to every player from those clubs and go, biggest pain in the ass, biggest practical joker. Every one of them has a Nathan Wood story. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've told you this story, but I probably have because I've I've repeat a lot of stuff. You, you know when he hid in well, the Clearies, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and Nathan literally yeah. had to go and get counselling. <laughs> Did he, he fall asleep? No, and that was just hiding in the in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> he broke into the Cleary's house in New Zealand. Yeah, climbed into the the uh, walk-in wardrobe, waiting for <laughs> Ivan or Beck to open. And he'd come out with a mask on, scared. <laughs> Nathan, as a four-year-old, yeah. waddling along, heard some ruckus, <laughs> open the door, and Woodsy jumped out. <laughs> ah, and a pair of budget smugglers and a mask. <laughs> and Nathan ran off. Uh, yeah, oh, so good. Oh, that That's so good. good. Hey guys! Hey guys! How are you? Going good. Going. Hey Sats. Yeah. Uh, Woogie, how are you? Uh, Sats, I missed you with the uh, old boys, Roosters old boys. Yeah, I know. I just couldn't get there. I had to. I had to. Um, I think I had to pull my own fingernails out. <laughs> instead of being what? There. Hang on. Um, how many games did you play for the Chooks? Uh, two, I think. Yeah, mate, we'd take yeah. you. Outstanding two games it was. I tell you who was there: the great uh, Terry Regan, and he was talking about you know the you know the infamous. Oh, of yeah. Uh, drink driving. Yeah. And yeah. So for Throwing our listeners, I'll yeah. give you a quick one. So him and Sam Bacow were drinking and... What a duo. And they were driving <laughs> in the middle of... Uh, I think they were heading to Woden. Ooh. And they're driving along and they see a booze bus up front. Now, this is in the 80s. Yeah. A bit looser times. And so Sam goes, turn down here, turn down the corner. So Riggs turns down the corner. And they happened just to have a mower on the back of their car at yeah. the back of the year. And so they just pulled over and they saw a, a lawn that needed cutting. So they jump out and they just start because they saw the patrol car come down yeah. after them. Patrol car saw them do a shifty left, so they, they were wondering what they were doing. And there they are, Riggs and Sam Bacchio, just mowing the lawn. And out the bloke of the house comes out and goes, what are you doing? And um, Terry Ring goes, oh, this cop is down the end there and uh, we just thought, you know, we've been drinking, so we just thought we'd just be, we're going to... Do your lawn. <laughs> and he was actually the detective sergeant. Yeah, oh, and, he, and, he go, <laughs> and he goes, well, while you're at it, go out the back yeah. and do the back. So they, he did the back. But then he was telling me the story that they were mowing and the grass was so high that Sammy Backer was just getting into it. <laughs> and the owner of the house didn't tell him, but there was a pool, a, a little um, pond, fish pond. <laughs> and they were all like 
um, those carp in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Sammy Vacco was hitting it. What's this? What's this? He's hitting the brick. Anyway, all of a sudden, clears it. And it's just all chopped up. Carp oh, going no. everywhere. No. <laughs> no. Oh, I no. Badge loves, he loves telling Terry Reagan and um, Sammy Bacco stories. I remember the one who was wearing a headgear and they said it was a TV game when TV games started to become a lot more common. And he used to wear headgear, Terry Reagan. Mad, he was crazy. And then when they told him it was a TV game, he went and got the strapping scissors, you know, to cut your, your strapping tape off. And he started cutting all the loose bits of hair that were coming through his <laughs> headgear. So when he took it off at the end of the game, it looked like a checkerboard, his head. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Yeah, thanks to New Farm, Australian through and through the weather. Uh, if you're listening in Orange on 2EL, birthplace of Jack Whiten. For your Friday, partly cloudy with a top of 23. When's summer coming? A medium chance of showers and a low of 12 overnight. That's really cool for summer. Yeah. You got that right, Jack? Yeah. No, I have. Double-checked. <laughs> yeah, we're all surprised. Uh, New Farm, formulated for the highest quality right here in Australia. New Farm, Australian through and through. Look, no time for a last blast tonight. Choose Termidor, Australia's most trusted termiticide, um, because we've got to get into Sats's montage of last laugh of the year. Jack, thanks for your help throughout 2022. Oh, mate. It's been great. We're leaving on a high. Are we? <laughs> Are we really? It really encapsulates the Sats last laugh. Some belters, some absolute trash. More trash, less belters. Sports day. That's us. <laughs> no doubt Satsy's uh, listening in New Zealand. Uh, if you're not asking for Termidor, you're asking for trouble. Choose Termidor, Australia's most trusted to mid Here we go. A montage of Sats's best and worst for 2022. Have a lot. We won't be back until the second, uh, third. Third. 3rd of January. Hope you have a great new year. Here it is. The best and worst of Sats' last laugh. I've been counselling a friend of mine who's been married for 25 years. Female? Male. I've been counselling him over the last couple of days because he's been married for 25 years. He's had this safe and he's always told his, his partner, don't go in the safe. Anyway, the other day he went to Bunnings and he comes home and she says, I had a look in your safe. Do you know there's $40,000 cash and three eggs in there? And he said, I, I, he said to her, I've told you never to go in my safe. Mm-hmm. And she said, what are the eggs for? And he said, well, now that you've caught me, I may as well be honest. Every time I sleep with someone else, I put an egg in the safe to remind me. And she said, I suppose after 25 years, that's not too bad. He goes, but what I haven't told you is when I get a dozen, I sell them. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, that's it. On the weekend, Here we I go. actually went to buy a pair of new shoes. And as I was trying them on, I just, they're just too tight. They're too tight. And, I, and the lady in the shoe shop said, no, they're too tight. You're... I said, they're too tight. She said, well, they're not. Just try, pull the tongue out. Try. And I went, they're still so tight. Oh, God. <laughs> Hey, what's the difference between black-eyed peas and chickpeas? Oh, I don't know. Well, black-eyed peas can sing a song, while chickpeas can only hum a swan. <laughs> now, uh, my local Italian chef at the restaurant, he's, he's been ill, unfortunately, and sad news, he, the Italian chef, he, he passed away. and can only do so much, and now he's just a piece of history. <laughs>
Oh, he passed away. Can only do so yeah, much. Yeah, no, can only. Yeah, got it. Passed away. Now it's just a pizza history. Pizza yeah. history. Got it. Hey, um, a, a guy and his wife um, go to the go to the uh, the local fair, country fair. Yep. And 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 Bill says to Edna, "Hey, I really want to go on that helicopter ride." And Edna goes, "Nah, that that's fifty bucks, uh, and fifty bucks is fifty bucks. We're not going." So this goes on every year, and finally, Bill goes, Edna, I'm 85 years old. If I don't ride that helicopter now, I might never get another chance. And she goes, Bill, that I've told you before, it's 50 bucks, and 50 bucks is 50 bucks. Mm. But the helicopter pilot hears it, and he goes, I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal with you. Come up in the, in the helicopter. If you say one word, I'll charge you 50 bucks. If you don't, it's free. They go, oh, okay. So they jump in, and he takes him up and he's doing loop-de-loops. He's flipping everywhere. He's going all over the place, going crazy. And finally he lands. They don't say a word. And he says to Bill, I can't believe it. I tried everything I had. I, I just can't believe. I'm really impressed that you didn't say a word. And, and Bill goes, well, to tell you the truth, I almost said something when Edna fell out. But you know what? 50 bucks is 50 bucks. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I like it. Well done, Gary. Finally. Gary. Oh, well done. So a doctor walks into his patient, he says, I've got bad news and good news. I'm going to have to give you the bad news first. And the guy goes, yeah, no worries. And he says, I've had to amputate both your legs. Oh. He goes, the bad news? There can't be any good news. He goes, yeah, the, the patient in the bed next to you wants to buy your shoes. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a good one. That's not I just No, it's not, it's oh. not good. All right, we better go. Okay, I've always wondered what happens when the devil goes bald. The devil, what? If the devil one day went bald, I always wonder, wonder what happens. I mean, of course, there'll be hell to pay. <laughs> hell to pay. Uh, you get it? Oh, I do now. A friend of mine's son came to me and said, I need some advice about this new girl I'm seeing. He said, she, so what, tell me something about it. He said, well, she came home the other day in a white suit. She was covered in bee stings and smelling like honey. I said, well, she's a keeper. This is something that happened at home. My wife, spiders, hates spiders because kiwis, they hate spiders, snakes, and there's a spider on the wall and she said, don't, don't, don't take the spider out and take it out instead of killing it. Yeah, take it out. As you do. Yeah, so, so I did. And we had a few drinks. Pretty cool guy. He said he works as a web designer. <laughs> I actually like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he can't find the, the button. I can't find the button. Just laugh yourself. I Lord did me. laugh. Oh. <laughs>